Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. So I get a lot of questions about speaking, how I got started speaking, what my experience has been with speaking, what I speak about where I'm speaking, all the things related to speaking. Um, And it's kind of funny because I didn't hop on the speaking train because I wanted to be a speaker. It was honestly something that kind of just started to happen, um, which sounds a little funny. There's a little bit more of a story to that. But it was just something that slowly I started to get opportunities to do. And while I was excited about it, I was also completely terrified of it because I don't know about you, but I would rather not risk embarrassment. <laughs> embarrassment just totally wrecks my ego, and I would rather just protect my little ego, keep it safe. Um, so when I was asked to speak, immediately everything that could possibly go wrong from falling on stage to tripping over my words to choking on my own saliva, like literally everything that could possibly go wrong was in my brain. So anyways, that was actually because of my I'd rather not risk embarrassment mentality. I really didn't want to do it. I remember my mentor was like, Jay, this is a great opportunity. This is something you have a voice for. You need to step into that. Like, let's do it. I'm just like, why do you challenge me? Why do you do this to me? But I'm so glad that she did. However, speaking has not just been this, you know, easy little coast through, you know, calm waters. There have been some major challenges along the way. There have been some big mess ups, some hilarious mistakes. Now, at the time, it wasn't really that funny. Um, But I want to share some of those with you. I'm actually going to share my most embarrassing speaking moment with you because I don't know about you, but sometimes when I am either in an audience or I'm looking at someone else's life, I mean, there are several authors and speakers that are a bazillion times more talented and experienced than me that I follow and watch and listen to. And I look at them, I'm like, gosh, they are just kicking butt at life. They have it figured out. How do they do that? How do they talk like that? How do they not have any notes? How are they just funny like that? I mean, I have to like pull funniness out of me. And a lot of times no one laughs. And that's awkward. So I'm always (laughs) trying to figure that out. And I'm often watching something from afar and seeing where someone is, which is often their middle. And I still feel like in a lot of ways, I'm kind of in my beginning. 
and can often feel completely intimidated or like they just had this easy breezy coasted, you know, coast of a day. And that's totally not the story. If I remind myself, everyone starts somewhere. Everyone has to kind of fumble their way through and learn the ropes as they go because that's what I've had to do and what I'm still doing. So because I know that sometimes I can look from afar and look at someone else's experience and just feel completely intimidated in my own. Sometimes it really helps me when they tell a funny story or tell when <laughs> where they messed up or an embarrassing moment that they had because it kind of like brings it all back to earth, right? It reminds me, okay, then I don't have to be so afraid of taking risks and stepping out and trying something that might totally freak me out and that might even embarrass me. So when it comes to speaking, I used to get so nervous about messing up. Like I said, my biggest fear was embarrassment, which is honestly what I think holds so many of us back if we really think about it. Our fear of failure is ultimately what creates a fear of embarrassment because embarrassment wrecks our egos, right? So today I'm going to tell you about one of my biggest embarrassments speaking because although in the moment it was a major oops, I'm honestly really grateful for it now. And I actually have a lot of embarrassing moments speaking, so this was kind of a hard one to pick, but this one stands out to me because it was pretty bad. <laughs> um, anyways, so I was speaking at an event called She Is Mighty, and I was the keynote speaker, and the band, it was it was a band called Bethel Music. They were the music for the night. And um, it's so funny because we had made this plan. We were in the back rooms, in the dressing rooms, as uh, like a thousand women or however many women were filing into this conference. It was kind of hosted in an auditorium. And I remember I was in the back room, and my husband was back there, and the event hosts were back there. And so we were all talking, and then we met, went over to the room where the band was sitting, and we made a plan. We made a game plan of who was going to go up when, what the timeline of the night was, when I would speak, when they would play their set, and then I would come back out and kind of give a closing couple of seconds or a couple of minutes to close out the night, you know, say something, and that be it. So we had this magnificent plan. How could you mess it up, right? It was clear. It was on paper. I don't know. Somehow I did not get the memo or just really struggled because <laughs> what happened was I went out and gave the pretty much the first part of my talk, like my keynote talk I gave. Then the band came out. And they started to play their set. Well, the what we had agreed to do was we were going to play a, they, or not we, I'm not in the band. They were going to play a six-song set, which meant that they were going to play six songs. And at the end of the sixth song, we were going to switch and I was going to go back out on stage. Sounds easy enough. Well, they were in song five. And for some reason, I thought that was song six because counting is hard. And so... I, without even kind of trying to gauge the situation or, you know, see what was happening, just shamelessly walk out on stage as they're starting song number six. And again, I don't know how oblivious I was or why I was so oblivious, but I just started talking. Like these poor people are trying to play their music and I'm over here just beginning to blab away without actually taking note of my surroundings. And the the sound guy literally had to shut my microphone off. And all of a sudden, I'm like, why can't they hear me? And I look around and I see the band like making these big eyes at me like, what are you doing? <laughs> I looked around and the whole audience is staring at me. And the sound guy is like backstage waving me to come back. I'm going, oh my goodness, this is not okay. So anyways, um, I kind of gracefully 
curtsy because what else do you do when you are clearly messing up? And then I made my way off stage, exited stage right, and literally wanted to just crawl up in a ball and stay back there forever because I just crashed this band's concert in the middle of it and everyone in that auditorium saw it. I mean, a thousand set of eyes were looking at me I had embarrassed myself in front of all of them, in front of the band, in front of the host. I mean, I made a royal mess up. And <laughs> I remember I'm like, oh, gosh, I do not want to do – I just want to hide. And I want to curl, curl up and, and just stay here forever. And, of course, five minutes later, I had to go back out on stage because I still had to say what I had tried to say after song number five. So I'm going, oh, my gosh, okay, I got to collect myself here. And somehow – muster up the courage to go back and face this audience that had just seen me really make an oops. Hey girl, can I just tell you about something really close to my heart for a sec? When I was in college, I started a small Etsy store out of my sorority storage closet. And over the last few years, it has grown so much. I believe the reason that it grew was because we put a simple tagline on it that had big impact. That tagline said, your brokenness is welcome here. We began to put that on sweatshirts and a variety of other products and women ate it up because I think we're so hungry for a message that is welcoming and positive and uplifting and about building one another up rather than tearing one another down, especially in today's world. The Soulscript shop also provides employment opportunities for college women to fund their education because since I started this in college and gained so many skills that I needed, we wanted to see other young high school and college women get to experience that same growth. This is a movement founded on women loving, supporting, and lifting one another up, and I would love for you to get involved. If you're interested or want to learn more about how to get involved in this movement, just go to shop.thesoulscripts.com and grab yourself a sweatshirt or a mug or a cozy blanket or a variety of the other awesome things that are over there. So go to shop.thesoulscripts.com and grab what you love today and pass on this message. Thankfully, everyone was quite grace-giving. The band just kind of laughed it off. I mean, you know what's funny about embarrassment and kind of little pieces of feelings of failure? No one else is thinking about it that deep. Like, no one thinks about it like you do. For about 0.2 seconds, everyone was like, oh my gosh, what's she doing? And then they forgot about it because they went back to what was happening and they went about what they were doing. So yes, even though I was super embarrassed to come back out on stage, I realized once I cracked a joke about it or something— No one there thought twice about it. It's not that deep to anyone else, but we hold it so deeply. Like the rest of the night, I just could not get over the fact that I did that. Um, But what kind of hit me about it was, honestly, it taught me how to handle embarrassment. Every time I'm embarrassed and my ego gets rocked, it helps me stop fearing the worst case scenario. I mean, honestly, the only reason I don't ever do things that I feel like I'm supposed to do, but I'm afraid to do is because I don't want to be embarrassed and I don't want to risk embarrassment, right? I look at embarrassment or mistakes or this feeling of failure as the worst case scenario. I mean, literally, anytime I would get nervous about speaking, it was because I was nervous about what I what could go wrong, right? About how I might embarrass myself, how I might mess up, how that it might not go well, how they might not be impacted by my message, which is ultimately feeling like a failure, right? Or being embarrassed. But once I kind of had to go, 
and once I experienced that and once I really felt like, well, I'm exposed, you know, because embarrassment exposes your most imperfect parts (laughs) is pretty much what happens. And, you know, once I had my most imperfect human parts exposed, it honestly was like, well, I'm not dead. Like, (laughs) okay, it happened. Now what? And it was so funny because after the event, I remember this, it's kind of one of those like sad compliments, but I think it actually quite affirmed that just being a human and being real is honestly more impactful to people than if you have a perfect presentation. Because I remember a couple of girls were in the audience. They were probably in their teenage years or so. And I kid you not, multiple different girls came up to me and they were like, thank you for being awkward. <laughs> I said, what? And they said, yeah, it just, it reminds us that you're a human. And I kind of laughed at that and I thought, okay, but it's true. I think there's something beautiful about um, finding common ground in our mutual humanness. I'm not even sure if that makes sense, but we so often want to poison and portray ourselves as this certain thing, which is almost like plastic. I mean, whoever has a perfect presentation, right? The f- especially the first time around, who doesn't make a royal mistake now and then? Who doesn't embarrass themselves in big ways here and there? If they don't, then are they even really authentically doing what they're doing? Or are they doing it from a place of just manufactured kind of this image of perfection, right? And so the thing about embarrassment is that it doesn't just remind us that we're human. It also allows us to create connection with other humans. (laughs) It reminds us that the playing field is pretty level, even if someone is up on stage and has a fancy microphone. So, I mean, really, it just reminds me that I'm not perfect at this. I'm never gonna be perfect at this. And I'm a human with a purpose. I'm not a performer. I'm not, you know, if you watch movies or you see performances, it's often not the first set right? And that's why practice is important. You know, you don't want to just wing it like everything that you do. But also remember that you're a human serving a purpose. Your point is to serve people no matter what it is that you're doing, not just put on a performance for them. And that helped me learn to laugh at myself. And as I had to leave stage, totally blushing, thankfully it was dark lighting that night because that would have been even worse. I realized okay, so the thing that I'm so afraid of happening totally just happening. I'm still here. Like, no one died, right? Like, no one out there is having a heart attack because of my mistake, so I didn't hurt anybody. I'm not having a heart attack. Other than the fact that my ego might be a little rocked, I'm still here. I'm still breathing. And to be honest, the audience probably isn't going to write about it in their diaries. Was it awkward? Yeah, but was it the worst thing in the world? No, definitely not. What was I so afraid of? You know, and I kind of had to get to that place of like, wait a second, this is not (laughs) the end of the world. It's just the end of my ego. And guess what? I paused for a moment that I remember when I didn't want to have to go back out on stage when I felt like all I want to do is curl up in a ball and hide back here and not face that audience again because they probably are all judging me and they probably all hate me and, you know, we write all these false narratives. When I was standing back there, I had to realize, okay, hang on, hold up. You're still here. Everyone's okay. This is not the end of the world. And I had to pause for a moment and gather myself and realize, okay, this event, ironically, is called She is Mighty. Was I going to be the girl speaking about strength and then cowering in fear because of an embarrassment? Was I going to hide from what I had been called to do just because I didn't do it perfectly? What kind of message would that send to the 14-year-old girl in the audience who's uncomfortable in her own skin and stands back because she's afraid of what people are going to think about her? What would that say to the 44-year-old mom who's lost her sense of strength and purpose in the midst of feeling unseen and insignificant in her day-to-day? What message would that send if I would have cowered in fear? 
So I had to make a decision. And when I went back out on that stage, I realized I have to do this because I still have something to say. My task isn't over. And even if I say it imperfectly and my cheeks are flushed cherry red, I am going to show up and I'm going to say it anyway. I don't have to be afraid of what could go wrong anymore because something already did go wrong and I am still here. And guess what, sister? So are you. Don't tell me for one second you can't do something because you're embarrassed or because you're not good at it or because you're going to fail or you're afraid to fail. I am the queen of not good at it. But I'm also the stubborn one who will look at where I'm at and choose to get better at it, to keep showing up even if I was already laughed at and completely embarrassed myself. Because I refuse to be the one who backs down because I believe someone else could do it better. I choose to be the one who gets better every single time. That is why I still keep speaking. That is why I keep showing up and recording podcast episodes and creating material. That is why I keep doing it, even if I don't start off being great at it. I get better at whatever I set my mind to. I refuse to be the one who lets a little disappointment or embarrassment dictate her destiny. I will not roll like that. So my dear for you... My dear for you is to consider this. Maybe the thing that scares you the most and that you mess up the most is the very thing you were made to do. I don't care what it is or how many times you think you screw it up. Show up anyway. Be awkward. Let the embarrassment come. Learn to laugh at yourself. I promise you will not die if you make a mistake. Don't let your ego hold you back from becoming who you're made to be and doing what you're made to do. You truly cannot afford it. And guess what? This world can't afford it either. Because even if you think someone else, somewhere else, could do it better, we need the unique way that you will bring it to the table. Even if you trip over your own two feet now and then. So, what do you say? If you liked today's episode, would you consider leaving a review in the podcast app or wherever you listen? If this show has helped you grow into the she you were made to be at all, taking 0.3 seconds to leave a review would mean the world. This helps the show grow so I can keep researching, creating, and providing new content to help you make your life better every single week. If you leave a review, be sure to share a screenshot of it on your Instagram story and tag me so that I can personally thank you. Thanks so much, sister friend. You are the best. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. This show is a part of the Lasting Media Network and produced by John Fender, Jason Barrett, and Jonas Litton with the help of Jackson Willis. Visit lastingmediagroup.com to learn more. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, 
we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.